You're listening to Uprising, the Rebuilt Student Podcast. Youth ministry isn't easy, and you don't have much time. That's why this is a car ride's worth of content to help you reimagine, revive, and rebuild youth ministry. Welcome to Uprising, the Rebuilt Student Podcast. Today we will be continuing our series, Rebuilding Your Ministry Team. But before we get into our car rides worth of content, I am Allie, your host. And as always, I am joined by Daniel. And Daniel, I hope you thought of something because you know what I'm going to say. What are you loving? What am I loving? (laughs) Uh, Well, Allie, I'm loving Nativity Online. Oh, I feel like we may have said this I at some point, I but said it com- I'm saying it today because I that's what I thought you had said it at some point. You can love it too. Well, I'm loving it, I think, for a different reason too, because as we have opened up the church and as our world has opened back up, we don't require reservations for mass anymore. We're seeing mm-hmm. these people every weekend who have been watching online for over a year mm-hmm. in a lot of cases and are coming onto our campus for the first time. And that's the point of online in large part it's to build a community but it's also to be a foretaste of what they can get when Mm -hmm. they come to campus absolutely i am loving that as well that's true i am also loving a different podcast i always love our podcast but i have a different podcast that i love um, that i listen to on spotify and it's called mission mind and heart and it's actually a good friend of mine from college her and a um co-worker or someone in the same field as her really I don't know if they work together specifically started this podcast they are Catholic and they are both um, certified therapists and they just wanted to bridge together mental health and what we believe as Catholics um, Mm. or the Christian faith in general because a lot of times people don't see how they can relate and coincide and you know some people have the view of just turning to God for the healing instead of maybe, you know, going to a therapist or things like that. But they dive into so many aspects of our emotional and mental health um, and just how it can relate all back to our faith, too, and God. So it's really interesting. I'm learning a lot, but I also really just enjoy the different viewpoints of that. So, And what's the name of it? Mission, Mind, and Heart. Mission, Mind, and Heart. Yes. It's a great one. So we are in the fifth episode of our series rebuilding your ministry team so far we have talked about giving ministers a why understanding a win three ways to recruit ministers what every minister needs to hear from you building your team and giving work away that's a lot we've covered so if you have missed any of that in the last in this series you can go back to the last four episodes we've covered it all but today we are going to jump in to the challenge of helping leaders have the skills and knowledge to be effective small group leaders, focusing on how to form and keep forming leaders. Yeah, the challenge is we have 40 or more small groups in student ministry right Mm -hmm. now. And no matter how many you have, the challenge is how do we know what's happening in all of them? You can't be (laughs) in all of them. And it's kind of a trick question because we don't. We don't know what's happening in all of them, but the best way to ensure that the quality is the same is to Mm. form great leaders. So just briefly, kind of what we do as a plan for forming our leaders is we have a huddle to kick off the year where we gather all of our leaders and do a couple hour training. Used to be that we do like three or four hours. Mm -hmm. Now we're down to like an hour or two. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think beyond that, it's just, it's too much. Yeah, we found that we would get more people coming um, and committing to attending if we trimmed down the time commitment, 
especially on one of the last Sundays they might have free before program does begin. I think you can either, I would go that direction or I would go actually swing the opposite and do like a half day retreat offsite and just do like something big. Yes, but fun then too. But fun, it's got to yeah. be yeah, a, a retreat really. Yeah. 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 All right. So we do a kickoff huddle and then throughout the year we have regular emails, um, but we try to limit that communication <laughs> so that it's effective. Uh, articles, videos that we'll send out as part of the communication. Um, and then mid-year, we will get our ministers together again and do some sort of workshop that kind of works specifically on skills or um, knowledge just that they need. sharing struggles, you know, being able to meet front with other leaders and discuss, yeah, I'm my my group of middle school boys they just i can't get them to talk or focus or something or they're always running around and what did you do to help your kids you know there's power of having them in the same room yes and then um we have an end of the year celebration it's really not a formation thing but just to celebrate Mm -hmm. i think it we it's not a formation thing that we identify that way but actually if we're celebrating all of the wins there is formation in that yes um, and then we'll give them more formation around particular topics. So if we're talking about sexuality or technology, gender, church leadership, mm-hmm. um, deep theological topics, even how to share your personal stories and how to share your mistakes as a leader, I think that can be intimidating. Um, we'll give them formation specifically on how to do that. So that's mm-hmm. kind of how we do this overall. Mm-hmm. And so this episode, we are going to give you just a couple of tips on how to form and keep forming leaders. And the first tip of this is to form yourself first. To ask others to be formed, we have to be lifelong learners ourselves. So always be reading, listening, talking about things. We've asked people we have interviewed or even just in conversation, what books, podcasts, TV shows, movies have you seen or heard or read lately? It's a great question to ask. Not everyone reads nonfiction necessarily, but everyone can be learning. There's plenty of ways out there today. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be nonfiction, but that tends to be how we learn best. Learn, yeah. yeah. Um, all right, so that's the first thing. To ask others to be formed, we have to be lifelong learners ourselves. Second thing, use work time. You can learn mm-hmm. during work mm-hmm. time. It's not very natural, and I'm not very good at this, but block out time to read, mm-hmm. to listen on your commute, to take notes, um, to read something as a group. We've done that a lot um, with our staff and with our team. And it's perfectly acceptable. And I would even argue that it's necessary to use work mm-hmm. time to read and to learn. And you probably won't do it. At least I don't. Ali, is this true for you too? You don't do it unless you actually yeah. plan it and schedule it. Um, so put it into your calendar, plan when you want to have a book finished and then map out the progress or kind of backtrack from the date that you want to have it finished and figure out how much you need to read at a time, if that's helpful, but plan it so that you actually do it. Mm -hmm. And what goes along with this is the third part of this tip too, is to talk about what you're learning with your team and with others. And that might be starting a book club by blocking out that time with your coworkers, with other people in ministry for you. Um, it'll just be have one more person on your side that makes you a little bit more accountable, that doesn't let you get distracted by your email when you said, first thing every morning, I'm going to read for an hour of my work day. So you can do book clubs. There's online mes- message boards, 
phone and Zoom calls. Um, you can mention it in messages, talk about it in small groups, find ways to share what you're learning and not in a know-it-all kind of way, but in a way that shows your interest without overemphasizing your knowledge. It's creating a community and environment to all learn together. So that's the first tip, form yourself first. All right, so the second tip is to hit all the different learning styles and temperaments and time availability that your people have. You have this range of people who are serving in your ministry. Even if you have five people or if you have 500 people, you've got a large range and everyone learns differently. Some people learn Mm -hmm. with auditory written, experiential, their verbal processors, their internal processors. Some people like to have fidget toys or Play-Doh in their hands. Um, We've had to walk people through smartphone directions, Mm -hmm. which some people pick up immediately and some people it takes a step-by-step, okay, you need to and click on this button. And that's not even a jab at age or anything because we've seen it all. <laughs> we've seen it all. <laughs> I've had to have things explained very detailed about smartphones to me before too. And I'm only 35. <laughs> um, so try to appeal to those different learning styles. If it's um, visual, oral, verbal, physical, logical, social, solitary, mm-hmm. there's all those different learning styles. Um, And you don't have to study them in great detail, but just keep in mind as you're doing these sort of events that there are different ways that people can intake that information. And then think through how you can hit their different time availability, their different temperaments. A great thing that we find gets people to come is food. (laughs) I mean, we say that with teens all the time, but it's true with adults too. Mm -hmm. It lets them know how welcome they are by offering them something to eat, even if it's something simple. And food can instill fellowship, which can lead to fun. But the point is to have something there so that it's one more thing to kind of get them in the door. Mm -hmm. It just is a better event most of the time. I like it better if there's food. When there's food. Definitely. And then another element to consider, especially when you're talking about busy people who are serving in your ministry, is think about the time that you're doing it. Mm -hmm. Don't do it at noon on a weekday, most likely. I don't know your people, but I'm (laughs) guessing that probably doesn't work for most people. We've kind of landed on Sunday mornings. We've tried weeknights, Mm -hmm. but we found that Sunday mornings work well when people are coming for mass. So we've Super Bowl weekend, we don't do student programs. Mm -hmm. So we'll do something Super Bowl weekend mm-hmm. in the morning. In the morning, yes. Not in the not afternoon. Because we know most people don't have something at that time. So, mm-hmm. um, And then the last thing in trying to hit all of the different variety of people is to reach out individually to uh, invite them. So if you're inviting this large group of people, you can send out that initial email or message or whatever. But then people really respond better when they perceive that the ask is actually to them directly. Mm-hmm. So Definitely. if you can reach out individually. And the third tip is to make it compelling. Daniel mentioned food that does make people want to come and is compelling, but we're talking about something deeper here and that is meeting a felt need. What are your leaders struggling with? What feedback have they given you that you can translate to a formation opportunity? The goal is to build competence and confidence. So we're doing a series this year on hot button issues and we're kind of terrified, but I think that's exactly why we need to do it. People are in all different places politically, philosophically, theologically, practically, intellectually, developmentally. So prepare your leaders around tough topics and give them ways to navigate the conversation. Even as simple as saying, I don't know, but I'll find out or 
yeah, that's challenging, isn't, or turning it back to the conversation, well, what do you think? And then, as always, bring it back to your mission and vision. Incite it as a win. If leaders know what a win is, they can feel more comfortable. If you don't know the point of the game, you aren't going to want to play very much. Our mission is to make disciples. That means a win is when a young person takes a next step in faith, discipleship, even a small one. And we celebrate it when those wins occur because what gets celebrated gets repeated. So those are three tips for how to form and keep forming leaders. First tip is to form yourself first. Second tip, hit all those different styles, different learning styles, temperaments, time availability. And the third tip is to make it compelling, make that uh, meet a felt need. And then as always, Allie, we end with one One bright bright idea. idea. So do a formation event. If you're alone and you really are wondering how you can pull it off at your church, find some other youth ministers that are in your Mm -hmm. area and do it together. Um, I had great success with this in some of my other positions. Um, We had an event in the Seattle area that we called Core 24, and there were quite a few of us that did it from our deanery of youth ministers together. Um, I went to a Life Life Teen conference and met Mm -hmm. with a lot of people there. Uh, or we've had different youth minister deanery meetings too, where you can kind of collaborate with all of the people that are in your area. Um, so it's just a great chance to do some of these formation things in a way that it's not all on you. Mm -hmm. Um, so that teams can collaborate with other teams. They can share their experiences, get ideas, and you can talk about the things, um, that you're really knowledgeable around. Um, so it builds on your competence as well. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much for joining us on Uprising today. We love you all very much, and we will see you next time for a brand new series, which will include some very special surprise guests.